This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. What? A whirlwind of a uh, podcast for you today. It's debate night. Yes. Coming up. Oh. I'm very nervous. This is a big one, Glenn. This is a big one, and uh, but the good news is we have a fair moderator, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure they're going to bring up all of the news that we talk about in today's podcast. There's a lot to cover. There's good news on the economy. There's uh, bad news for Joe Biden. It looks like... His son's former CEO has had enough. He's tired of hearing that this is Russian collusion. He was there and he said, yeah, that's what the deal memo was. 10 million being held for the big guy, Joe Biden. Also, the press continues to uh, deny any of this. They're throttling the New York Post. We have the op-ed editor on with us to tell you what's actually happening behind the scenes at Facebook, who is hiring Chinese uh, uh, coders to help them find and suppress hate speech. It's a terrifying thing you're not going to find on Twitter or on Facebook because it's been suppressed and censored. But it's here on today's podcast. And don't forget, tonight is the debate. We have coverage, full coverage for you on Blaze TV. First, it starts with my show, Stu Does America, at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a live pre-show. Glenn is going to be on it as well. Lots of great uh, opinions on what's going to be coming up as we preview the debates. Then you'll watch the entire debate on Blaze TV. And then a post-show as well, which both Glenn and I will be a part of. Uh, You're not going to want to miss it. This is probably the biggest remaining night before the election actually occurs. So you do not want to miss this coverage. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll get 30 bucks off. It's the biggest discount I think they've ever given. 30 bucks off. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. There is power in the truth and strength in numbers. Join us. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mari is with us. He is the op-ed editor of the New York Post. He was with us earlier this week or last week talking about being banned and still not having access. The New York Post still doesn't have access to their Twitter feed and they won't get it until they retract the Hunter Biden story, which is looking more and more uh, like the biggest scandal in American political history uh, every single day. But there's a new angle on this. Uh, so, Rob, welcome to the program. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. 
you broke some news yesterday that, you know, you, you can't really uh, tweet or retweet because headlines don't tell the full story. You can read the article on Twitter before retweeting. Um, you you have the story. Meet your Chinese Facebook. Tell me about it. It's, uh, the headline, just so people can find it, because social media is so screwy in terms of how it treats the New York Post. Um, and that's a separate shameful story. The headline is "Meet Your Chinese Facebook Censor." Yep. And uh, the gist of the story is that uh, last week, after observing what the, what Facebook was doing to the New York Post, a former Facebook um, high-ranking insider um, got in touch with me and shared a number of things. But among the things he shared was uh, a an opportunity to shed light on the actual mechanics of how Twitter does its censorship. And what Twitter revealed, or, wait, wait, Twitter or Facebook? I apologize, Facebook. Okay, all right. Um, it, what, it, what it reveals to me, as I argue in the article, is the most sophisticated uh, censorship mechanism possibly in human history. And it's a team at Facebook called Hate Speech Engineering. Uh, George Orwell, call your office. Mm. Um, and it's a team that is mostly based in Seattle, Washington, and this insider shared me shared with me the directory of the staffers who work on that team, and he noted, and we verified using LinkedIn, um, that at least six of these team members are Chinese nationals. Um, what the team does is they basically use machine learning, teaching computers to do things on their own without the need for direct human action. So they use machine le- learning and what's called neural networks to rejigger the news feed that you get. So you have Glenn's Facebook feed, what you see, what all your friends have shared. What this team does is ensure that certain content goes up on top. And for that, they get discretionary bonuses, according to the insider. But it also Mm -hmm. ensures that certain other content shows dead last. Like, for example, in this case, it seems like this is the mechanism they use, a New York Post story that's damning uh, about Hunter, Hunter and Joe Biden three weeks out before an election. Now, but, let, let me ask you this. These are people that they're PhDs and they have H-1B visas. So they're coming in from China. Are they experts in the Chinese censorship uh, programs? Well, well we, we don't know. Um, what I looked up is, um, and out of courtesy to Facebook, when we reached out to them, we didn't share their names, even though we have their names. We have um, a lot of information about them that you can access once you know their names and mm. where they work. But we didn't share that just out of courtesy to Facebook. But Good for you. What we, ca- what we did find is that, uh, you know, at least one of them used to work for Huawei, which is a uh-huh. um, Chinese tech conglomerate that is closely bound up with the Chinese regime. Um, a lot of them went to universities like University of Nanjing, the Chinese Academy of Sciences. These are all... You know, it's not like here where it's like, you know, I don't know, George Washington, you or what have you. These are all uh, state based, state supported uh, uh, entities, and they have deep links to the Chinese security apparatus. So even though we don't know exactly whether they did censorship for the Chinese regime, what we do know is that the institutions that train them, um, you know, are not our state entities. And another one worked for, uh, I don't know, the signal service, uh, signal telegraph service for um, the Chinese uh, Chinese railway, um, again, a state enterprise. Um, and look, because they're H-1Bs, I, you know, 
a lot of tech companies hire H-1B yes. uh, employees, Indians, Chinese, Eastern Europeans. It's not all nefarious. A lot of them, to be honest, just, you know, we have nothing against the fact that there's Chinese people working uh, at Facebook. A lot of them just want to, you know, share in the American dream and settle in this country. But because they're H-1Bs, it means that some of them could go back. So another worry is, will they then uh, take back the techniques for social control that they perfected and learned at Facebook to the most repressive society um, when it comes to this stuff and help Xi Jinping further repress uh, the free flow of information in his own society. This is so um, evil. Creepy. (laughs) I mean, it is just (laughs) evil what is is happening right now. And and we see it um, in what they're doing to to you and the post and your reporting we know now we have it from several multiple sources including a guy who was the ceo of the biden firm that was you know uh, putting the chinese uh, deal together confirming that that email is true that uh, the big guy is joe biden we have all that, and yet it's still being called a conspiracy theory, and you're not able to get your accounts back on social media. Now, bear in mind, the gentleman you're talking about is a U.S. Navy veteran, uh, yeah, served four years, and then got into business, including probably to his regret with Hunter Biden. And, he, you know, he, he has come out, come clean with a statement saying, I, to the extent ha- to, that I have made political contributions which are small i've made them to democratic causes and candidates so he's not some republican this is hunter biden's business partner right he's not some republican figure and he's saying as a as a patriot as someone who served in the u.s military and the armed forces it offends me that people talk about this stuff as russian disinformation because it 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 it, it sullies his reputation right when you talk about something that was, was a russian conspiracy so he just said because of my conscience, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically my conscience tells me to come out clean and say, this is not Russian disinformation. A lot of stuff that was anti-Trump the past four years that Facebook and Twitter never censored truly was Russian disinformation, not least the fa- the, the famous, infamous dossier, the, the P-tape and so forth. Well, it, was all non- it was concocted by the Russians. This guy is saying, you know, the stuff that the Post reporter is not Russian disinformation. And I think a lot of pundits, reporters, not to mention big tech CEOs, owe the New York Post a groveling apology. Not that I'm holding my breath. Well, try this on for size. Yesterday, the uh, DNI confirmed uh, that Iran, the world's leading sponsor of terrorism, has interfered with this election to damage Donald Trump by sending threatening emails to Democratic voters while posing as the Proud Boys. So CNN, first of all, did not cover this. They didn't cover it. This is the federal government saying, here's the evidence. They've gotten voter registration information, and they have been uh, intimidating Democrats to try to cause hatred and possible violence. Uh, with the Proud Boys. CNN not only didn't cover that FBI uh, briefing, they then went on the air and said the only reason Iran had that uh, Proud Boys moniker is because of Donald Trump talking about them all the time. But as far as I can find, the only time he talked about the Proud Boys is when he's asked about them and told to deny them. 
Yes, and another utterly, utterly shameful thing, uh, again, on, across the left of center media, uh, left, whatever, call them left media, let's be honest, uh, is, is the fact that when the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence, is a long-standing national security professional, comes forward and says the post material about hunt, the Hunter files is not Russian disinformation. They brought out, the, you know, lots of people who said, well, he's just in the tank for Trump. I mean, this is so irresponsible, so irresponsible. It, it so undermines any remaining trust that people have in, in the intelligence apparatus of this country. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they so, to the extent that it's sized apparatus the past four years, and then when it does produce a, a finding that's contrary to democratic preferences, then the intelligence apparatus is in the tank for Trump, too. I mean, this is, this is really impossible. The, the poison and the damage of what this story has caused will be with us for a long time, no matter who wins the election in November. Well, I think it's interesting that they didn't ban the Lincoln Project for tweeting out the Proud Boys were um, emailing people and threatening Democrats. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't a problem that what went through uh th- in fact they were just allowed to delete that after the press conference yesterday but it was the lincoln project that helped iran push all of these lies through it's it's yeah. it's really criminal what's going on yeah i mean talk about collusion look i mean i think it's been a long time over the past four years I, you know i i consider i i use a category of woke and to be clear, I'm the opinion editor, so I'm not a news person at the Post, so I can share my opinions. I, 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 I use two terms, woke and unwoke conservative. But I don't mean it in the sense that the left means woke. I mean it in the sense that conservatives who, as conservatives, are aware of what's going on. Unwoke conservatives are the kind where they see unfairness happening and they're like, oh, wait. woke conservatives. Wait, wait, wait. Are, we missed that. Your phone broke up. What did you say that... I was just saying unwoke conservatives are conservatives who see this stuff going on and just wring their hands. Oh, the double standard. Woke conservatives are ones like, uh, I, I would say, Attorney General Bill Barr or Senator Josh Hawley or Senator Tom Cotton and others who are like, yeah, we know what's going on. We're going to take political action. Because at this point, Twitter and Facebook are not just tech firms. They're not just part of commerce in this country. They are political entities taking political action, but unaccountably, in the case of Facebook, we now know with the help of with Chinese scientists, Chinese nationals uh, who are computer scientists, they're doing this stuff, yet they're, yet, yet they're not subject to any political ac- accountability in this country. So this requires political action. The Senate, I believe, needs to subpoena the two heads of the two big ones, Twitter and Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg and, and Jack Dorsey, and then to begin to think about how do we, how do we change the governing law, which is Section 230, because free speech is dying, but it's dying in the private sphere. And a lot of conservatives, again, are so hung up on whether it's a private entity doing it or a public one that they can't see that, okay, well, Facebook effectively is shutting down free speech. And we can't say, well, that's okay, because it's free enterprise doing it. Well, wonderful. Uh, I only have, I I really only have about uh, uh, 20 seconds for you to answer this, but I can't let you go uh, and and not ask you, do you think the moderator is going to bring this up tonight in a non-conspiratorial way? Uh, And do you think it matters to the average American? 
Look, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to predict, but given if past this president, I, uh, precedent, I doubt that the moderator will bring it up. So it's up Jeez. to President Trump because I do think, I do think it should matter. I do think it should matter. It's it, this is no longer just about a story of corruption, which is deeply corroborated. It's also a story about whether our historic rights as Americans to report the news and then make up our own minds about it, get to see what's out there. This right is now at stake. And the fact, again, that it's a private company doing it should be irrelevant to the Trump administration, to the GOP, to the broader conservative movement. So, Rob Amari, thank you so much. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Boy, do we ever have some fighters uh, and hopefully a new one. Burgess Owens, uh, former NFL Super Bowl champion and congressional candidate in Utah's fourth congressional district. They are saying it is the closest race in the country. Welcome, Burgess uh, Owens. How are you? Glenn, good talk with you again, for sure. And can I, can I just say something real quickly about these folks who try to reimagine? Uh, there's always from people who've never imagined from the first place. They've never built anything, but uh, from, their, from their, their golden tower, they always can feel they can do it much better than those of going out and taking a risk, figuring things out, failed, and got back up again. So that's what we're up against, those who... Uh, who've never understood what it is to go out there and make it happen from the very beginning. So, so Burgess, what are you better. hearing from people uh, that you talk to? What is the mood and what are what are people, do you believe, going to vote for in the end? Do they understand what's really at stake? Well, you know, Glenn, I have, uh, I guess I'm one of those eternal optimists. I, I have so much faith in American people, just as I do in the faith in, uh, in Utahns. Uh, we have a, a natural instinct, our DNA, that, that, that has us drift toward the light. It's been out, it's our 240 year uh, history. Uh, and so I, I see, as I look back in our history, that we've always been a country of miracles. That's because of our foundation of Judeo-Christian values. And that that doesn't stop. That doesn't end because you have uh, uh, certain people who say that he doesn't exist. So uh, I I truly believe that uh, this coming uh, November, uh, when it all when the dust settles, not only do we have a president who's going to take us the next four years to show us again what American loving leadership looks like, we're going to have a a House and a Senate with more backbone that will actually be able to to push push the process forward and 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 be able to replicate what he's doing. So uh, I'm one of those guys again. I, I would say don't worry about the polls. Let's, just think about the American people. What, what do we normally do? How do we come through when times get tough, when we always just win, baby? So I'm looking forward to seeing that happen once again. So you're in the 4th District, which has a lot of Republicans uh, in there, but also has a lot of independents and, and moderates, people who consider themselves moderate. The guy that you're running against is trying to appeal to he's saying he's a moderate Democrat, but there is no such thing as a moderate Democrat anymore. You, you're not allowed no. in. No, no. Uh, uh, Pelosi has an iron fist. Uh, she's a dictator. So, no, you don't come there being moderate. You come there to vote for her and 85 uh, percent. Uh, uh, McAdams is for, for Pelosi. She, he voted for impeachment during the time our economy was going very, very well. Uh, he's 100% uh, rating by Planned Parenthood. Uh, that is that is not the sign of moderation. So, uh, and when I tell you what, what, what I see is a good thing, uh, uh, Glenn. This last year has been a really tough for, for, one for us. But what we do when things get really tough, whether it be 9/11, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, we just con- we come together. We kind of come out of that little that little. 
optimism shell, that dream shell that we normally have. And we're still having conversations across the board. So I think we're going to have, we have Democrats, we have independents, we have Republicans talking about things that we might not have talked about a couple of years ago, how close we came to losing our freedom. When it comes down to businesses, they're going to, to worship our faith, to, to take our kids to school. Those things across the board are concerning. And I think the American people will have this, this, this moment and we realize that we cannot go toward this darkness that the Democratic Party offers. So in this case here, uh, right now I'm up one point, uh, but I have, we, we feel a really good ground game here. We have a lot of excitement. And so, by the way, it's Burgess for Utah. Burgess for Utah, <laughs> those who want to support me, because we're all we're there. And, of course, we have the next, next two weeks. But I feel very, very good that uh, Utahns will represent our, our country well, and the values will help push our country back in the right direction. Let me ask you uh, a final question here, Burgess. Tonight, the uh, president is, is facing a debate. Um, as, as somebody who has uh, lived a long life of, of uh, you know, through the 1960s and through the civil rights movement and, and now with Black Lives Matter and everything else, there seems to be a movement. I mean, when you get 50 Cent coming out and saying he's voting for Donald Trump uh, and you see the polls of African-Americans, is this is this movement this walk away from the Democratic Party? Is this real? It's real. It's real. It's genuine. And I tell you, this is what happens when Americans don't care what what color we are, what our background. We love the idea of freedom, of opportunity, and when we had a chance, the, the, we had a, a window of time where Americans crossed the board. The lowest unemployment in the history of our country for Blacks, Hispanics, May Asians, women, teens. Those kind of those kind of feelings, those emotions, come aboard. And once we feel it, we'll never go back to the dark. So yes, we, we're we're coming aboard. Uh, I think the black community will, 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 is going to make our nation proud as we, we we start voting for the values that's always been intrinsic within us. We're finally saying we do not want to stay on this plantation any longer. And and I, when I walk through the air, airports and see the MAGA hats from black Americans cross the board, it, it says that this is a real deal, and it scares the left to death. So get ready for some good some good news. I just want people to remember, have faith in American people. That's what it comes down to. Don't worry about the polls. The American people always come through at the right time, at the right reasons, and, and, and we're going to get that done this, this November 3rd. Burgess, I, uh, you'd be one candidate I'd love to endorse, but I don't because I'm the kiss of death. And uh, <laughs> I, anybody I endorse, they always lose. They always lose. Your, fr- so. your, your, your friendship is enough, my friend. It works out. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Burgess. I appreciate it. God bless. That's Burgess Owens. You can uh, find his website, Burgess4Utah.com. A lot of money from the left is being shoveled into this uh, into this seat to expand uh, the Democratic uh, arm. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Oh, this has got to be a day that James Lindsay prayed. I mean, I think he's... I, I think he's an agnostic, uh, uh, so I don't know if he prayed, but if he was a praying man, it would be one of those days that you're like, please, dear Lord, don't ever have me on the Glenn Beck program talking about <laughs> Donald Trump in a that I'm going to vote for him. Welcome to the program, James. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Good to talk to you. <laughs> is it? Is it really? Uh, I mean, it is. I'm a man of integrity, I hope. so. You are. I say what I think. Yeah. I say what I believe. I have uh, I have been so impressed with uh, with you and your friends that uh, you have been willing. You know, you know when it's when you're doing something that you believe in, 
when it's something you really don't want to do, but you're just like, I, I, I got to do it. And uh, you have been that guy ever since ever since uh, I've known you. Uh, you are the author of Cynical Theories, the co-founder co of New Discourses, and you just put a podcast out where you explained why you're in this position now. Can you go through that? Yeah, um, a, a lot of people don't understand what's happening with the election that we have right now. They think it is a choice between um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And at the surface level, of course, it is. We're voting for each candidate to be duly put into the office of president. But that's not what we really have going on, because we have in Donald Trump, a man who's going to govern, as we've all seen, the way that he feels like he's going to govern. And we have in Joe Biden, a man who's captured by a movement that wants to tear apart the American society at its very foundation. People think that Donald Trump is the cause of chaos, and in some ways he is. I mean, he, he, I think he likes chaos. I think he operates best in chaos, at least in his mind. Um, the press has always rewarded him for saying crazy things in the past, and so now it's just part of his life. Now they hate it. Uh, but he, he says things um, and has, and one of the things that really concerned me in 2016 and really up until COVID is I thought this guy, um, you know, being a CEO was not going to be the guy who says, no, we can't do that. The Constitution doesn't allow me to do that. Uh, and I thought he would act on his instincts if there were real problems. He has fought all of that authoritarian, not only maybe an instinct in him or a CEO instinct instinct, but the press and the left were calling for him to take control of companies and take control of States. And he rejected it. D did you yeah, see that right. one coming? No, I didn't. His, his rhetoric is very often uh, kind of authoritarian and it has been something that a lot of people have been duly concerned about for the last, I guess, three, three and a half years. And it seemed like the kind of thing that would happen and it didn't happen the evidence doesn't point that direction so it, it was quite surprising to be honest and and you i think this is one of the things you're really concerned about because you're you are a liberal um but you're a classic liberal um and you're seeing things now uh, i mean i am terrified of the left not necessarily of democrats like my democratic neighbors but I, the left and those who want power so badly, they'll do anything to get it. I think these guys are truly frightening because look at what they did to Nancy Pelosi or not Nancy Pelosi, uh, uh, Dianne Feinstein. All she said was this hearing was really good and productive. And it was one of the best Supreme Court hearings we've had in a long time. Chuck Schumer said, I have a, I had a sit down with her because the left was demanding that she be disciplined for saying that it was a good hearing. Yeah, they're completely off the rails. And that's what people kind of need to understand is when I, when I said at the beginning that this is an election between Donald Trump and then a movement that's controlling Joe Biden, the movement is the one that wants to sit down and talk to people who have their own mind. Um, I don't know how many of your, your listeners or how familiar you are with the Evergreen State College situation oh, I, where that college melted down yeah. in 2017. I see Joe Biden as the, the George Bridges character. George Bridges was the president of Evergreen. He was not woke. He did not come in as a woke president to run the college. He came in as a guy who was going to be uh, permissive 
to the radicals, and in particular, a couple of faculty members and a contingent of students that were a small minority of the college. And that's what it takes, because people don't know how this operates. This ideology operates by taking over administrative bureaucracies, what a lot of your listeners will call the administrative state. That's where they will work their way in. And the question is, do you have a guy in office who's fighting it? Trump just put out the executive order against critical race theory. Or do you have a guy in office who's going to either permit it or put the accelerator to the floor, like I talked about on your podcast? Biden is not only going to be permissive of it, he's going to put the accelerator to the floor. He's talking about wanting to uh, add justices to the Supreme Court, add seats. Uh, I think he said something about it today or CNN reported that. The, 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 there are articles coming out on the left talking about wanting to abolish the Constitution. We hear abolish the police, abolish all the things we don't like, now abolish the Constitution. And this cannot stand. This The question is, are we going to fill our administrative state with people who are going to make this the policy? They're going to twist the words so that the laws are less relevant or that are interpreted in different ways. They'll interpret our our constitution in new ways, the so-called living constitution on steroids, Um, not just a matter of, uh, you know, jurisprudence, but rather on steroids, like literally reinterpreting the whole thing. Let me give you a quick example. The Fourth Amendment protects against search and seizure of property. Well, if you mainline a narrative that we live on stolen land, the Fourth Amendment doesn't protect against the search and seizure of stolen property. So if we live on stolen land and everything was made out of stolen uh, labor from slavery, and those are the main narratives, all of a sudden the Fourth Amendment protects you against nothing. And so you don't have to change the Constitution. You don't even have to abolish the Constitution. And if we fill our administrative state with people who think this way, who want power and want to exercise power in this way, it doesn't actually matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who the legislators are. It doesn't matter any of that. That's how they're going to operate at that level of administrative policy that's mostly unaccountable to voters. We're talking to uh, James Lindsay, the author of the book that I highly recommend, Cynical Theories, um, about how he has gone from never vote for a Republican, uh, never vote for Donald Trump, to now I must vote for Donald Trump. Um, the, The press has gone really, truly over the edge they have they have looked into the abyss and jumped they are now talking about uh, uh, censoring anything that they disagree with they the the evidence now on these emails that are coming out against joe biden that shows that he is absolutely corrupt um, they're being verified left and right. There are more e- emails that are matching it. One of the guys who was the CEO of the Hunter Biden company that did the email or was on the email chain, did the deal in China. Uh, he's come out today and said, this, this has got to stop. Uh, yes, that deal was done. And Joe Biden is the big guy. And yet they are not talking about it at all. There's I mean, there's no chance of getting the truth anymore from the media i mean if if you look even at the critical race theory executive order we saw that um immediately they came out just person after person after person outlet after outlet they're still doing it saying that president trump has banned diversity training or has banned racial sensitivity training well those are lies he did not and if you read the executive order he didn't even technically ban critical race theory 
He banned the divisive things that critical race theory does, and he banned the teaching of it as fact. He says, in fact, in the executive order, it says you can teach it in the sense that you might teach a comparative religions class where you'd say Christianity believes this, Islam believes that. These are what different religions believe. Critical race theory believes this. You can teach it that way with, you know, the other people believe differently, but you can't teach it as facts and you can't put it, especially in administrative trainings in the federal government or contractors or education. And they came out and just lied about it. And you talk about censorship. You had the British uh, member of parliament speak mm-hmm. up. Uh, Kemi the other day spoke up and said that critical race theory is divisive and Facebook and Twitter started to immediately censor her speech. And so um, this is very weird. This is very not uh, liberal in the sense of what our Constitution has. Uh, I don't know that's Britain, but nevertheless, uh, Facebook is not a British company. This is very not liberal in the sense of what our Constitution is about. Free speech, free thought, free religion, all of these things. It's very concerning. And this is the movement that is controlling the Democratic Party. It is my belief that there has been a largely effective kind of velvet coup silent coup of the Democratic Party that's turned it completely in the control of this movement. And that's what we're going to be electing if we elect Joe Biden. So I can't do it. Um, do you have friends that are waking up? I mean, you just have to be a pariah with your old circle of friends. Um, you know, when I say friends, I don't mean good friends, but um, I mean, are you are you seeing anybody else waking up? Is this is this censorship being done by uh, Twitter and uh, and and Google and Facebook? Is is any of this playing a role with your friends? Do they see? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This this is way out of control. Well, first, I will tell you that we can include good friends. I've definitely been thrown under the bus by good friends and family members, as a matter of fact, for this. Uh, But that said, I mean, written out of their lives. And so that said, though, there are people waking up. And as a matter of fact, I'm being told that the podcast about uh, about why I said it's called Biden is not the room where we're where it's, it's not Biden that matters. It's the movement that controls Biden. The podcast I put on a new discourses uh, yesterday I'm having people tell me that this is having an amazing impact, that people are seeing that the censorship, that these willingness, that the willingness, the express willingness to change the fundamental structure of our government and to, to hold the Constitution in open contempt, that's scaring people even more than the riots and the excuses. It's not even the riots, okay? So it was the excuses that were made for the riots that really have scared people. Our main media, many even left-leaning and Democratic politicians speaking up, saying that there are reasons that these riots, these arsons, these these lawless behaviors all summer were justified. Um, and let's name the, the, the reason as racism and say it's a public health threat that we now have to treat like it's a pandemic. I mean, people are, are actually horrified by this. So I'm seeing kind of three kinds of, of, of responses so far. One is that people are very happy uh, if they, I suppose, lean to the right. One is the people are mortified and are hoping that I'll reconsider and are reaching out to me vigorously. And one is that people are being quite nasty with me. But then in the kind of the corner, I'm also hearing a bit of uh, or a significant amount, really, of people saying, thank you. You make me feel like I'm not crazy and I can breathe. I can mm. finally breathe in what I know I have to do. It's a tough, tough decision. I have somebody very close in my life who said, I'll never, ever, ever, ever 
ever vote for him ever and um, had a conversation with them recently and said, I, I understand, but and they stopped me and said, oh, no, I'm there. I'm voting for him. Wait, what? They see it. They see it. If you're willing to open your eyes, you see what we are really um, facing. James, I, right. uh, I, from the first time we met uh, and, and we, we talked, um, I found you to be an honest broker that was willing to listen and have their mind changed if you could present a good case. And I think I struck you as the same kind of person. There's things that I do and believe I don't want to believe because it's not fun, but I do. And that is a person of integrity. And, and I, I can't thank you enough for not only having the integrity, but the courage to then make it so clear to so many others. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate that. You bet. Uh, his website is newdiscourses.com. Make sure you listen to the podcast. Um, Stu, let's tweet, tweet it out and Facebook it and let's send that uh, let's send that out his podcast from yesterday because it is it's gone viral and he is a very, very logical. He's a mathematician. He's very logical. Na, 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 na.